This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. That's right. It is 942 in the morning, our time. And we are about to eat some M&M's. And we're about to eat a lot of M&M's, yeah, I think. And, and you can't have any unless, unless you have some where you are right now. I think too. maybe this episode was suggested by listener Dana. I'm not even going to bother to look that up. I'm just going to give listener Dana credit. Okay, that sounds great. This one, like more so even than usual, I feel like if I really searched our back catalog, probably there's already an M&M episode in there somewhere, but I don't care. I was shocked when you so usually, you know, we set we set taping dates and then we come up with with topics and we yep. have an ongoing list of, of topics that we could choose from. Yeah, we have an ongoing beef. But I was so surprised when you texted me to suggest, you know, why don't we do M&Ms on Monday? Yeah, I mean, uh, this this could be it could be just I wanted to eat a bunch of M&Ms and like I, you know, I looked up. I'm like, OK, we've done two M&M episodes previously and I'm just like. I don't care. Great. Well, I'm thrilled. I have some M&Ms. And you're not afraid to use them. Yeah. All right. Should we go down memory lane? Yeah. Let's go down memory lane first. So I have always loved M&Ms. I've always been one of my favorite candies. I think when I was a kid, I definitely preferred plain over peanut. And they were called plain. And I think later changed to milk chocolate, maybe in the 90s. And I don't know, like, you know, oh, wait, I have I have an M&Ms memory lane. One year... I got like an individual pack, you know, a fun size pack of M&Ms for Halloween, and I hid them like behind a book on my bookshelf so that I could eat one at bedtime every night. But I was such a good kid that I would do this before brushing my teeth. Oh, my God. This sounds like June. June is very <laughs> much like this. Yeah. Well, number one, I think I've mentioned on the show before that she she hides things that she doesn't want anymore. <laughs> That's not a great habit, but Okay. <laughs> So like I guess um, if it's not food it's fine. Yeah, like rather than putting it in the trash can or putting it like back like somewhere else, she just hides it. <laughs> okay. But not very well either. She'll just like put it under her bed or the other day she got a pair of goggles out of the bathroom drawer and rather than taking the time to walk six steps back into the bathroom to put them away, she just hid them behind our like a bird a day calendar on the kitchen counter. You know what this feels like? <laughs> like, do you do this like you're in a store and you have an item in your basket that you decide you don't want, <laughs> but you don't want to go all the way back to where it was from. And so you put it in sort of a semi plausible place. <laughs> yes, I don't use, I don't hide it. No, but I try but like, to put it somewhere. You know, often I will try to put it somewhere actually where it's either plausible or where it's very visibly not plausible. Right. So someone okay. from the store will see it and be like, I'm going to reshelve this. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be in the store and I'll see that someone has put like a freezer item on like a non freezer shelf. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm better than that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to know you're better than someone. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, uh, oh, my God, I love that you used to do that with M&Ms as a kid. It, it does feel very June to me that she um, she has, you know, Zots, you know, that like old yeah. fashioned sour hard candy. Yeah. She and I both really love Zots. And I brought her back some from a trip I took clearly pre-COVID. 
COVID. Actually, maybe it was our last corporate retreat. Maybe. Anyway, I brought her back some. She stashed them next to her desk, like up on the shelf above her desk. And she eats one, like maybe every other month. Oh, that's great. And I know that she loves them. It's just like, I don't know if she's rationing them. No, you know what she's doing? She's like, like, hey, mom, you know, she's showing you, you know, that marshmallow test. Like, I could fucking ace that marshmallow test. That's true. She's like, that was I'm going to eat that marshmallow two weeks later, and I'm going to be like the CEO of the world. Mm -hmm. So fuck off. Does she ever? That's how she talks, right? Yes, that is exactly how she talks. Uh, Memory Lane. So, yeah, I have always liked M&Ms, but they were never one of my favorites. I would say now I I am the most inclined to buy M&Ms that I ever have been in my whole life. They are closer to the top of my my candy favorites. Sure. Anyway, but as a kid, like, let's say if I got them at Halloween they weren't one of the candies that I would throw away. No, if if I heard someone was throwing away Halloween M&Ms, I'd be like, either you're allergic to chocolate or you're literally a monster. Yeah, they were definitely not one that I would throw away, but they also were never like the first one I would eat. Like Crackle was often the first one I would eat. Me too. Oh, I loved Crackle as a kid. Yeah. Like Hershey's miniatures were a premier candy when I was a child. Although I never wanted the plain Hershey's bars. <sighs> I don't think the- I really did either. But the the crackle the crackle bars were always in in high demand, and also I liked uh, was it Mr. Goodbar the one Mr. Goodbar is good that had peanuts. peanuts in it. Yeah. Anyway, I did not <laughs> like peanut M and M's very much. My mom always loved peanut M and M's. Can I say something about Mr. Goodbar real quick? Please. Like, uh, there's a there's a I think pretty famous novel, or I don't even know if it's novel novel or nonfiction called Looking for Mr. Goodbar. And my parents had it on their shelf. And like, I'm like, why is there a book about candy bars? <laughs> Which That's, I don't think it has anything to do with candy bars, but I don't know what it's about. That is adorable. Yeah, I there were there were like a few books on my parents' shelf uh, that, that I have like memories of just like the spine of the book. Yes. Because uh, there was The Woman Warrior. Okay. Uh, the one I just said that I already forgot looking for did, Mr. Goodbar. Did your mom have like The Dance of Anger, The Dance of Intimacy, like those mm. ones? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think that I think the author was maybe Harriet Lerner or something. My mom was really right. was into into all of those. And then there was one that I read as uh, maybe like a 3-year-old as Holly Bibble. Holly Bibble? It was spelled H O L Y B I B L E, Holly Bibble. What is that? <laughs> well, try sounding it out. Holy Bible. <laughs> Oh, God. Yay. Okay, that's been that's been our uh, our uh, phonics lesson <laughs> for the day. Wow. It took me longer than that. Okay. My parents did not have a Bible on the shelf when I was growing up. That seems, wow, notable uh, now in retrospect that yours did. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, yeah, that is kind of interesting. Huh. Interesting. My mom had all kinds of books about reckoning with spirituality. Okay. Books about dying a good death. This was during the yeah. AIDS epidemic. My my mother's bookshelf was filled with self-improvement. Yeah, sure. Anyway, okay, but I was talking about M&Ms here. Yes, yes, you um, were. Eating an M&M improves me as a human being. Oh, yeah. No, no. This is, this is like our self-helpiest episode, probably. It totally is. When I open a pack of M&Ms, I do the dance of intimacy with them. <laughs> wow. I put them into my body. What yeah, could be yeah. more intimate? That's true. There's nothing more intimate than what you do with M&Ms. <laughs> Anyway, Um, wait, I'm not done with memory lane. No, no, please. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, I would definitely eat my M&Ms if they, you know, appeared before me. But I would never, like, (laughs) choose them as my number one thing. Yeah. I do remember very clearly there being a time when all there was was, like, regular M&Ms or peanut M&Ms. And it seemed like who could possibly need more? Right. And the and the regular ones were called plain. And it's really hard to imagine like any candy being being called plain right? these days. That seems Everything like a... has to be more or less extreme. Yeah, like, like I mean, I guess milk chocolate is not particularly extreme, but it's more extreme than plain. That sound I made was the opposite of plain. Exactly. 
Yeah, no, that, that's they they are considering uh, like there's a meeting happening at at Mars and Murray headquarters right now about whether they should change uh, milk chocolate M and M's to M and M's or whatever you said. <laughs> it's not Mars and Murray though anymore, Matthew. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll get to this. Okay, wait, can we talk for just a second about how how this brand? is spelled. Yes, but I just realized I have a little bit more memory lane. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Uh, when I was a kid, I liked to suck on the M&Ms until the candy coating disappeared because I was patient. And also, like, a few years ago, I had surgery, and uh, I was, you know, like, not, not like, super major surgery, but enough that I, like, had to spend a few days in bed recovering, and all I wanted was peanut M&Ms. I basically ate peanut M&Ms three meals a day for several days and felt great. You know, God, I love that you mentioned that because I remember... So what I love about peanut M&M's, what I have come to love about peanut M&M's in adulthood and in my young adulthood, is that there was a way in which one could make an argument that peanut M&M's are are, are a semi-complete food group. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Like, I remember when I was when I was a junior in college and I was studying abroad and living with the host family in France. I remember I was running late to get a train somewhere like we had my like I had traveled with school somewhere for the weekend and we were running late to get the train and there was a it was like it was in the evening and so even the bakery at the train station was closing and like all they had left was bread they didn't even have like any pastries they had like a few breads so okay. i remember buying like one of the last types of bread they had and I had like a three hour train ride ahead of me and it was like dinner time. And I was like, this is not enough. And so yeah. I went to the vending machine on the train platform and got a pack of peanut M&Ms. And I had peanut M&Ms and some semi-stale bread for dinner. And I mean, it wasn't great, but it was kind of great. No, but I mean, they are very satisfying. They have the three main food groups, legumes, chocolate and shell. Yes, <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the way that these are spelled, because. Yes, let's. You know, those of us who 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 are inclined to be assholes get very annoyed. I always put a freezer item back in the freezer section, Uh, not necessarily in the same place. I might put like a frozen calzone next to the pizza. But that that is exactly where a frozen calzone would go. That was a very bad example. (laughs) I don't like it when apostrophes show up in places where they're not supposed to. Okay. Oh, I think I think we're gonna have a we're gonna have a little beef here. So M&M's, the brand name, the way it is spelled by the company on the label is lowercase M ampersand, lowercase M apostrophe S. Oh, you know what? I never really thought much about the fact that it's lowercase, but of course it is. Yeah, and so there's always that apostrophe there. Like Matthew, look at the look at our recording session right now. Did you set this up? It's M and our, then the letter N M S. What? Our what our recording software is- does not allow punctuation other than a dash. Oh my god, we have to find new recording software. Okay. Fair. Uh, anyway, so I'm very I'm I'm very up in arms about the branding, the the use of apostrophe in this brand name. Now I get it. We're going to talk in a minute about the corporate history of M and M's, but I just don't feel that there should be an apostrophe here. What what's possessive about this? I don't have any problem with an apostrophe being used to set off a plural when there would be otherwise be ambiguity or when it's when the thing being pluralized. I, you know what? I even I think I, I uh, have no problem with like 1980s apostrophe S. That seems fine to me. Like, no. or, you know, like I reached, no, I reached means- into the Scrabble letter bag and I pulled out, I pulled out two Z's like Z apostrophe S I think is fine. I know there are two. There aren't two Z's in the I, in the Scrabble game. Don't, I don't know don't at how. Me. I don't know how else. I think you should say that or type that phrase. Well, I mean, you could do capital Z lowercase s with nothing in between them. That's yeah. That's I okay. would do capital Z lowercase s with nothing in between. But I think if you did lowercase m and m s, like it, it looks like it's m and m s. That's not good. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm not satisfied with this. We need new punctuation. I think oh, we need. You want, you want like a whole new punctuation mark specifically for this, per- like like a plural, <sighs> like to be used anytime something is pluralized. Well, do you think that that is is that what the S on M and M's means on the label? 
Oh, are you? Oh, you're saying that maybe it's like Mars and Murray's flagship candy, and it is possessive. Maybe. Well, I don't know, Matthew. Uh, I mean, like, I don't think so, though. Okay. Well, hold on. Let's think about other candies. So Milky Way is just Milky Way. But there's only one bar in okay, there. Like, what fine. about Reese's Pieces? Oh God. Let's think of other things. What are other candies that come in lots of pieces? I Skittles. literally just said Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Skittles. <laughs> Um, uh, God, they are all did plural. Reese, did something terrible happen with Reese's Pieces and you can't even acknowledge <laughs> that they exist? You're, yes. I'm just, I'm so used to ignoring you when you bother me that I just ignore you sometimes when you don't bother me. Um, no, you're right. Skittles. There's, I don't think there's an apostrophe in Skittles. No, but like, it's I mean, just pluralized. I don't know how I feel about this. You know, I just want there to be, I'm trying to cover up the apostrophe. <laughs> with my thumb you're you're gonna go into the store you're you're gonna like use your risk budget to to enter the store and and go and like white out or or in this case brown out all of the apostrophes on the m&m I package i know what our listeners think about this because i am far from the most annoyingly pedantic, pedantic. like grammar person that i know and yet this this bugs me okay um, so i i want to know anyway but yes, so the correct way of writing M&Ms is M ampersand M apostrophe S, which I also find clunky to type. But I guess most people eat M&Ms. They don't type them. Yeah, they are, they are definitely more popular for eating than typing. Okay. okay. But can you imagine if your keyboard, if all the keys were little M&Ms and instead <gasps> of having M's printed on them, they had whatever the, the key letter was I, printed I on them. I guarantee someone has done this. Not not with actual candy, but with like like look alike like plastic keycaps with with like M M&M and M style printing on them. Yeah, that's I bet there's like M M&M and M merchandise that's like this yeah. or something. Okay, well, so hold on for those who have been living. I, well, I love that when I was typing this up on the agenda, the most relevant cultural <laughs> touchstone I could come up with was the show Lost. <laughs> Which is what, like 15 years old at this point? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about like, God, who doesn't know about M&Ms? And then I was like, oh, if they were living down the hatch, you know, in, in Lost, like down in the bunker, they would not maybe know about M&Ms? Yeah. I think the hatch was like, like, I think they opened the hatch like at the end of season one, maybe. And that's when I stopped watching. Oh. Uh, but I assume, I, I I assume like the there through. was there were like one or more people in there who had never heard of M and M's. That was the defining feature okay. of of the the hatch. I guess I guess the like what you're saying is like if you're opening a hatch and you don't know like who you're gonna meet down there and like take some M and M's. Like yeah, yeah or, or just like drop some down into the hatch <laughs> as like a goodwill gesture. What if there's a dog down there? Like uh, dogs you're right, can't dogs eat chocolate. Not eat, you're right. Yeah, I, I retracted. There could be a dog. Okay. Anyway, Matthew. So, for anyone who you know has been like uh, living down down the hatch in Lost, or who doesn't know what an M M&M and M is, <laughs> I just like the phrase "living down the hatch." <laughs> it's what, like living, living, living down the hatch, living high on the hog. Yeah, it's the opposite. Living, yeah, living down the hatch. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we've we've all been living down the hatch God, for the we last have. ten we've been months. Living down or the so. hatch for so long. Now it's eleven months, Matthew, when this yeah. comes out. Anyway, so if you don't know what M and M's are for whatever reason, they are these multicolored chocolates with a candy shell, and each one has a lowercase M printed in white on one side. And Thank it used you. to be actually when they were first launched that that M was printed in black, but it was smashed. oh. Yeah, now but that 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 changed like before we were born, right? Oh yes, that okay. changed. Uh, they they launched in like 1941, and when they launched, I don't think they had a letter on them. Oh, okay. Then the letter was introduced, and then by 1954, it was changed to white. And first, at first, the letter was W. Did you ever have like a teacher or someone who thought it was the funniest thing to say, "I don't have any M and M's, but I have W and W's"? No, I had that teacher. Wasn't there some episode of, um, God, was it like Parks and Rec, which I've never really seen, or The Office, which I've only seen some of, where um, some annoying guy was given the task of going through a whole jar of M&Ms and sorting the M's from the W's? <laughs> that, that, does, that does sound like something that would have happened on one of those shows. Uh, if Ash were listening in right now, they would absolutely no, chide me for not which knowing season what and show episode that is. Number? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay. I think that so, was The Supreme. Thanos. 
Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. They probably gave that job to um, that priest, that annoying priest who was always hanging around. Yep. Have not seen that show either. Okay. So the original version of M&M's, according to Wikipedia, had a semi-sweet chocolate filling. But they talked about like this. They, they talked about this as though that were still the case now. And it's hmm. clearly milk no, no, chocolate. it's definitely not the case now. Now it's definitely a milk chocolate filling. Do you think I have found an error on Wikipedia? I think it's possible. Okay. The first variation introduced was the peanut M&M, which features a peanut coated in milk chocolate. Do you know when those were introduced? You know what? I did see that online and I didn't copy it down. I was I was just curious like whether it was like before or after we were born. Mm. 1954. Peanut M&Ms? Yep. Oh, wow. God, that was early. Yeah. Okay, so let let's go right into the history of the company. Yes, please. Um, every, as everyone knows, I always love it when I get to tell corporate history. I love it too. <clears throat> so, uh, Matthew, when you started this agenda for our episode, you wrote, "Should we mention Smarties? Smarties being like M M&M and M lookalikes that are marketed um, by a UK company." Yeah, I think of them as Canadian, but I guess I guess it's like like they're available in Canada because they're a UK candy. Anyway, of course we should mention Smarties because the truth is M&Ms were copied from Smarties. I did not know this at all. So this is like a Hydrox Oreo type of situation. Did the Hydrox predate the Oreo? Hydrox predated Oreo and Oreo was a copy of the Hydrox cookie. God, that must sting. To be Hydrox? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) To be, it it definitely stings to be out of business. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so, um, Yeah, here's the deal. There was this guy named Forrest Mars, Forrest Mars Sr. Very cool name. Yeah, and his dad, Frank C. Mars, already ran a successful candy company, I believe in Newark, New Jersey, maybe? Okay. Forrest Mars had worked with his dad in the company, but the two of them, I don't know, they like disagreed on the direction the company was going or something. And anyway, Forrest went off to go do other things. Okay. And one of the things he did was go fight in the Spanish Civil War. A lot, like, it seemed like that's, that was, like, a popular thing to do at the time. Yeah. I, I like to think that if I had been, like, like in the right, of the right age at that time, like, I would have I would have signed up for the Spanish Civil War. Okay. Like, um, and gone, gone to, like, fight fascists alongside Hemingway and a candy guy and stuff. Uh, Hemingway and a candy guy. I imagine, I imagine Forrest Mars being one of the talking M&Ms from the, like, pre-movie M&M commercials. You know, actually, now that I'm saying all this, I'm not sh- I, I He must have fought in the war. I mean, it said that he saw soldiers eating Smarties during the Spanish Civil War. <laughs> so would he just be, like, a bystander? Did they set yeah. up bleachers on the battlefield? I, oh, if you could sign up to be a bystander... Like, that is what I would be best at, I think. (laughs) Anyway, Forrest Mars was present somehow during the Spanish Civil War on site, and he saw soldiers eating Smarties. And the the big deal was that the candy coating allowed soldiers to carry the chocolate even in warm climates without it melting. Okay? Right. So Forrest came back and... For reasons I don't totally understand, he did not take this candy idea to his father at the Mars Company. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm very confused about all of okay. this. Um, he, he basically took this new candy idea to Hershey. And I'm kind of wondering if the thing is, is that... So this was when you say new candy idea, you mean literally stolen from an existing candy. Yeah, exactly. He took this uh, this candy idea that he wanted to market. He instead of taking it and, you know, teaming back up with his dad, he went to Hershey. And maybe the reason is that World War Two was fast approaching at this point. Spanish Civil War was in the 30s. Yeah. World War (laughs) Two was fast approaching and chocolate was rationed. But apparently Hershey had some special like arrangement where they provided chocolate to the U.S. military. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I guess Forrest Mars would have been like, I know where the market is for this candy that I want to make. And I'm going to go to the people who have the in to this market. 
So, you know that show, The the Man in the High Castle? Yes, like we watched most of the first season. Okay, no, I haven't seen it, but I know it's like a Philip K. Dick alternate history, like, what if the bad guys won World War II? I imagine that, like, it alleges in that in that, that the reason the Americans lost World War II is because uh, it turned out like, like uh, you know, the Axis powers got the, the candy, the chocolate got, that, doesn't, the that chocolate. doesn't melt in your hand. And so, and so the American soldiers were just smeared with chocolate at all times and like couldn't pick up their guns. Yeah, it was very hard to reload a gun when your hands were covered yeah, exactly. in chocolate. Yeah, like exactly. The, the gun barrel, I imagine that you reload a gun <laughs> by like like sticking a ramrod down the gun barrel like in the Civil War, and but that the gun barrel was was uh, packed with chocolate and it and it, it was oh, crashing. Such a mess. Such but a mess. Thank so God slippery. for thank God for Forrest Mars Senior or Junior. I can't remember. Senior. Okay. Anyway, so here's the deal. Forrest Mars went to Hershey. And he teamed up with a guy named Bruce Murray, who was the son of the president of Hershey's Chocolate. So the original company that made M&Ms was M&M Limited, one M being for Forrest Mars and one being for Bruce Murray. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah, when M&Ms were first brought to market, which was in 1941, the, the first big company was the U.S. Army. And during World War II, the candies were exclusively sold to the military. Wow. Yeah. So if you wanted to get your hands on some M&Ms, you'd have to go to the, to the, the PX. It's it's like the store on the military base. I don't know why I know this, but I just wanted to throw in that I knew this. Wow, Matthew, this gives you some real cred. I'm not sure uh, what kind of cred. Street cred? Uh, base cred? Base cred. Yeah, it gives me a lot of base cred. I can I can just wander onto base and be like, you know, I'm just delivering M&Ms. Where's the PX? Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, so during World War II, uh, M&Ms were marketed or, you know, were distributed directly to the army. And I guess when the war was over or something, then they expanded into the general market. But either way, demand took off so fast that the company quickly had to add a second factory. Wow. And uh, today, actually, I think the vast majority of M&M production is still divided between just two factories? I Again, I think Wikipedia is leading me astray. I, no, I think that's plausible. At least there, there might be like additional factories for supplying other countries, but I, yeah. I, I would not be surprised if all of American M&Ms were made in two factories. Yeah, one in New Jersey and one in Tennessee. Do you think um, there's like a code, like like the mint code on a coin uh, like uh, that tells you which factory your M&Ms were made in? And there are yeah. some people who think that one is better than the other. I'm looking at my, my okay, well, yeah, I mean, the company is definitely based in New Jersey. I'm looking mm-hmm. at Anyway, okay. But um, all this to say, it was not terribly long before the Mars Company bought out Bruce Murray. And so, yeah, the Mars Company ha- has been the maker of M&M's. But is that still period. part of Hershey or no? No. Okay. Uh, Hershey, and I, I think... Yeah, I, I think that Hershey really was about getting the, the like getting the chocolate and getting the into the military. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Hershey is no longer involved, as far as I understand, and hasn't been for a while. Okay, uh, in production of M and M's, and it is now solely the Mars Company, which I think is now Mars Wrigley or something like that. Yeah, so they were introduced. And they're working in, on a gum flavored M M&M. and M. Delicious M and M's were introduced inter- internationally in the eighties. I was surprised oh. that it was that late. Yeah, me too. Again, I wonder if Rick, if Wikipedia is pulling my <laughs> Wait, leg. Were you I on Wikipedia, a site written by a guy named Rick? <laughs> you, yeah, you got you got severely Rick rolled. <laughs> anyway, uh, Matthew, it's it's just Wikipedia, but every article has been rewritten by Rick Astley just based on what he thinks is the case. <laughs> I'm never gonna give you up, M and M's. Yeah, me neither. No, that's true. I'm never gonna put this bag down. I can't believe how long we've been talking without eating M&M's, despite the fact that we're both surrounded by them. I know. It's shocking, isn't it? This is the closest I've ever get gotten. You, you remember the, the Land of Dairy Queen commercials? No. Well, this is the commercial like in the 80s, like for Dairy Queen. And like uh, the, the slogan was, in the Land of Dairy Queen, we treat you right. And it's like uh, you're flying over like a, a, a jungle made of candy and chocolate and like flowing hot fudge and stuff. Kind, kind of like a, like a Willy Wonka sort of thing. Okay. Um, being surrounded by this many M&Ms is the closest I'm ever going to get to that childhood fantasy. Wow, that was a long explanation. Thanks. Um, okay, hold on. Before we go to eating... 
Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the colors of M&M's. I, no, I'm really glad we're going to talk about this. We should try to find... No, we can't link to this in the show notes. But anyway, I pasted into our agenda today this handy-dandy little chart. What do you call this style of chart? I want to say a Gantt chart, but I don't think it really is a Gantt chart. But it's it's like a, it's a horizontal bar chart. Okay. And anyway, it shows the colors of M&M's candies uh, over the years from 1941 to 2017 or so. You know, you know what this is? It is exactly the same kind of chart that Wikipedia uses when you look up a long running band and it shows you which band members were in the band at at which time. So like if you go to the Metallica Wikipedia page, I guarantee you will see this kind of chart showing like, you know, here's when Cliff Burton died and here's when Dave Mustaine left the band. And uh, here's when they hired Robert Trujillo and that sort of thing. You know, I was just looking the other day at the Prune Cookbook. Have you ever looked through it? Yes. At the back of it, Gabrielle Hamilton has put like, um, oh God, I can't remember what what she calls it, but like a list of every person who's ever worked at Prune. Oh yeah, and what their uh, like their full name and what their role was. And uh, I'm thinking that it could be a really fun but extremely tedious project to turn that into this kind of chart like so right. and so overlapped with so and so at the who same needs time. a fun but extremely tedious project yes i can't wait to get started uh anyway okay so matthew the original colors of m&m's candies were red yellow violet green and brown violet i know violet. violet i think it was definitely discontinued before we ever touched an m&m yes it was replaced with tan uh within a decade of, of okay. being launched so when maybe... i was a kid the tan ones were my favorite did you have a favorite i know well, they all taste the same hold on in yep. 1995 the tan ones were replaced by blue yeah, I know. That that is when everything started to go to shit. Oh god, I don't even remember the tan ones, Matthew. And the other thing is like Yeah, fucking uh, uh Kurt Cobain died <laughs> and they replaced the tan M M&M and M and things have not been the same. Well, I should also say that wait, didn't he die in ninety four? Yes, but but like like you know, one so year Kurt the- Cobain died, the next year they replaced the tan M M&M. and M. God it went from bad to worse. That was the beginning of of this slow decline that is now accelerated so exactly. fast here in the U.S. Wait, Matthew, I'm realizing that so you know soon we're going to do this tasting. So I don't want to reveal yet what flavors I I have here to taste. But one of the ones I have to taste has tan. Ah, uh, like, yes, yeah. The the different flavors have different different arrays of colors. And like, did you notice when you were a kid? I this is, is going to be one of the nerdiest things I've ever said on the show. The colors were never evenly distributed. Like brown was always the most common color and tan was the least common and then everything else was kind of in between. Is this why you liked the tan so much? Yeah, the the, the rarity. But also it was just a pretty color of tan. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, anyway, yeah, from 1941 yeah. until 1969, each package contained five different colors. And then, uh, oh, and there was a time when like red M and M's were were taken out because of fear of like right. carcinogens. But then they were put back in in 1987, and since then there have been six colors in a pack of. M&Ms. Yes, I do remember when they reintroduced red. It was very exciting. <laughs> The blue M&M's, when they introduced blue M&M's or sometime thereafter, I had a friend who swore that they could taste the blue ones and that the dye in the blue tasted different from the rest, and they proved that they could. How did they prove this? Uh, like, like, you know, a blind taste. I think they didn't have their eyes closed all the way. I, yeah, it's possible. Okay. I mean, we could we could try this today. Um, we could. Ex- yeah. Except that, and here's the big reveal, neither of us happens to have gotten, like, regular milk chocolate M&M's. Yeah. But but the thing is, we've had them. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, so have you opened your bags? I've opened my bags. We need to cheese plate this, right? Yeah, we should cheese plate this. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I don't either. So there, we only have four in common. Like if 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 we make a Venn diagram with like the M and M's Molly bought in one circle, the M and M's in my that I bought in the other circle, like in the little piece in the middle, there's just four types. Okay. Yes, I lo- I, I like this. Okay. Do you have almond? Yes. Do you have peanut? Yes. Well, maybe you should begin with peanut. Okay. I will begin with peanut. Okay. <laughs> yep. That's peanut M&M. <laughs> How is it? One of the the goat, the greatest of all time. It is so good. It's so good. So Every once I- in a while, you will get a defective peanut M&M, but I feel like that just makes me love the perfect ones and appreciate them all the more. By defective, do you mean the ones with rancid peanuts? That is the what I mean. Yeah. Um, this is a problem with nuts in general. It's 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 the price you pay for, yeah, for it is. being a nut lover. Yeah, and I, like, you know from the mixed nut em- episode that I am a major nut lover. All right, so peanut M&Ms. Cross that one off the list. Let's do almond M&Ms. Okay. I have just opened my bag, and I'm looking at it, and it is, like, overwhelmingly blue. I feel like something went wrong in the factory. Oh, interesting. Let me, There's a lot of let blue in Let me peer into my, into my sack. One thing I do notice about Mine the almond is not M&Ms. that... I don't even see a blue. I think you got all the blue and I got all the other ones. Huh. Actually, you know, now that I look at it, it does look like maybe I do have an even number of different colors. It's just all the all the blues were at the top. But what I find interesting about the almond M&M is that they truly are almond shaped. Yes. Which is kind of cute because it's not like a peanut M&M is peanut shaped. It's hmm. l- is a peanut M&M peanut shaped? Like, is, is a, I don't think a peanut M&M is not peanut shaped. Do you mean like shaped like a peanut in the shell? No. Oh, I'm just, I'm fucking around. That, wait a minute. Wait. If they made like a special edition peanut M&M that was shaped Ooh. like a, a peanut in the shell and like was I like twice as big and had two peanuts in it, that would be so great. Mm-hmm. Well, occasionally you get one like that. I think these almond ones are pretty good. I am not a big <clears throat> almond fan. I like almonds, but this candy kind of does nothing for me. The almond brings nothing to the M&M. I, I feel like I'm getting some real almond flavor off of it. Like I would like I think I would rank these in terms of there's a line below which even if like a candy or cookie is in the house, I'm not going to eat it that quickly. Yeah. And I think these for me are just above the line. Like mm. I will I will polish these off, but like I won't rush to do it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Matthew, What's next? What do you think should come next? I know that you have some of the various dark chocolate flavors. Yeah, so I so some that I picked up that Molly didn't are dark chocolate peanut, dark chocolate regular size, and mint and pretzel. I kind of wonder if maybe you should do the dark chocolate ones right now and then we should move on to maybe peanut butter mm-hmm. and then like the pretzel and the crispy. So, I'm eating a dark chocolate peanut. Oh, do you well, notice so. do you notice a real difference? Yes, definitely. I don't think these are as good as original peanut, and I don't think the dark chocolate plain are as good as the original plain. I yeah. We've talked about this before. To me, like, cheap milk chocolate is almost always better than cheap dark chocolate, and, you know, M&Ms are made with cheap chocolate, and so the dark chocolate is not going to be a winner for me. Okay. If they made, like, a special, like, you know, th- this is the kind of thing that they do that they do in Japan all the time. Like, two companies will team up for, like, you know, Mr. Donut meets Pierre Marcolini we just talked about last week that's going on now. The If they did, like, you know, M&M meets Valrona and did, like, Valrona dark chocolate M&Ms, I bet that would be fantastic. I bet it would be good, but I don't think I want really good dark chocolate up next to that candy shell. Yeah, you're you know? you're right. Like like, I, mean, I, the candy, I would definitely be eager to try it. I w- I would try it. Yeah. The candy shell is like, hey, this is a candy. Mm-hmm. And when you have like like fancy dark chocolate, which is it, which it is scratches. a problem when you're a soldier like on the battlefield <laughs> and you and you've got this bag of candies that keep yelling, hey, this is a candy. <laughs> Okay, forget what I was going to say. I, I don't Sorry. Okay, Matthew, let's try these peanut butter ones, which are, for all intents and purposes, kind of just like Reese's Pieces, only chunkier. They're like, they, they've got really but, round bellies. 
I, I feel like the te- the peanut butter texture is pretty different from a Reese's Pieces. Mm, elaborate. Hmm. Mm. Or is it just that it's got a, got a chocolate coating? Wait, well, hold on. Wait, what so is Re- Reese? How's Reese's Pieces different? Reese's Pieces has no chocolate. Reese's Pieces is a is a peanut paste inside a candy shell. Peanut butter M and M's. What? There's no chocolate. I don't think Reese's Pieces contain chocolate. But now that I say that so adamantly, I want to look it up and make sure. Please look it up. I need to know. It suggests that I might want to know uh, more about Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> no, probably not. I know she's legally blonde. <laughs> Matthew. Sugar, partially defatted peanuts. These are the ingredients in Reese Witherspoon. Uh, Sugar, partially defatted peanuts, partially hydrogenated vegetable oils, uh, dextrose, and some other shit. No no chocolate. I also think that the peanut part, the peanut butter part of peanut butter M&Ms feels like firmer to me somehow than Reese's Pieces, but I that's probably my imagination. I, I know what you mean. There's something a little bit kind of crumbly about the the, the peanut butter in the, yeah. the peanut butter M&M. The peanut I, butter M&M is not nearly as like, there's something about the, the, the sheer volume of salt in a Reese's peanut butter product yeah. that just makes you keep eating it. I don't get that from the peanut butter M&M. Yeah, I do like peanut butter M&Ms. They are one of my favorite M&Ms, not... Like my top two are still going to be original and peanut, but they're they're probably third place for me unless I eat something today that I like better. Okay. Um, like I I think these really benefit from like sucking on them for a while and sort of melting the peanut butter. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's a good candy, but like, are you are you like having having to now like reevaluate everything in your life because because the, you have suddenly learned that Reese's Pieces don't contain chocolate? I am just shocked. I, I I'm gobsmacked. Yeah. What should we try next? I think we should move on to like um, ones that are that have like um, crispy thingies going on. Okay, with yeah, them. you you try crispy, and I'll try pretzel. Okay, so Ash turned me on to crispy M and M's, which have like a little bit of like wafer cookie inside. Oh, so it's not it's not like a puffed rice like a crackle. Mm, nope. Oh, interesting. It's like a little wafer. Mm. I really oh. enjoy the texture of these. Interesting. Sometimes I do wish that the wafer were, like, sometimes when I kind of taste the wafer, I'm like, I don't know if I really love this. It's kind of like a plain cookie taste. Is that the slogan printed on the package, taste the wafer? <laughs> but um, but Ash and I will often pick these up, like, at a gas station if, we're, mm-hmm. if we have a long drive ahead of us or something, and we can just plow through them. I find yeah. the texture so pleasing. That said, if my drugstore had had pretzel M&Ms when I went to buy all of these, I totally would have bought those because, Matthew, yeah. tell us about the pretzel M&Ms. Pretzel I M&Ms think it, are quite good. They're really so, good, right? All right. So first of all, the shape is like nearly spherical. And like I bit, God, I bit one in half. Okay. And like... There is there's so much crunch. There's a pretzel. There's a ball of pretzel in the middle. God, that, uh, hold on. I'm going to bite in half a crispy M&M. You know, the the crispy M&Ms remind me a little bit of gravel in that they're remind you a little bit of gravel. <laughs> they're in that they're, you, you've you've lined small, your driveway with them. They're they're spherical, but they're smaller than like a peanut M&M or an almond M&M or even a peanut butter M&M. Okay, they're yeah. so small that I'm I'm. And they're slightly irregular in size. I'm having a little bit of a hard time finding one that's like really big enough for me to bite in. Hang on. Yeah, I was gonna. Th- I forgot to say that about the peanut butter M and M's. I like how that they're they're kind of lumpy and irregular compared to like plain M and M's. They they're like they're they're lumpy boys. Yeah, if you bite into a crispy M and M, it truly is like a little pocket of airy wafer. I like that, and inside. I like the pretzel. Like it's really it's like a pretzel ball covered with chocolate and covered with candy coating. And it's salty and it's great. That's pretty cool. Should we do? So I have I have mint. Do mint? I've never even heard of mint. I've had I've had mint M and M's before. Like they're they're like a, a little bigger than a than a plain M and M. Same shape. How do they compare, compare to? Um, oh my god! What are the what are the other uh, mints? The mints that are coated in chocolate but but not crispy. Uh, York peppermint patty. Nope, nope. The little ones. Oh, uh, junior mints. Yes. How do they compare to junior mints? Obviously, they're not coated in candy. I mean, I, junior. I don't have any Junior Mints handy, so I'm not sure how they compare in size exactly. But what the, about the, the mint M and M's? Seem to be almost exactly the same size as peanut butter M and M's. Oh, and what's inside? Mint extract flavored milk chocolate. These it's, are it's pretty in, good. 
It's interesting to me then that they're bigger than the regular milk chocolate M&M's. And they're all green. The entire package is green. Hmm. How do you feel about this? Are you feeling um, turned on? Oh, because oh, because green M and M's make you horny. Yeah, that's we learned that legend. in school too. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess like more than usual. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I have to eat some more. Yeah, eat some more. Give some to Lori. See what happens. Okay, I don't know how I feel about the mint. Like, it's a lot of mint extract, and it feels mm. it feels like it, they're not bad, but it just doesn't quite. It's not quite balanced for me. I think I think it's like too mint. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You know what I would like to uh, to share with the listeners here today? Well, I'm not going to share it with them, actually, because <laughs> they can't have any. But uh, is the coffee nut. Oh, so, yes. I've had these before. So M&M's have done a few, like, um, flavor competitions. Not, I don't think that they've had listeners submit flavor ideas. <laughs> M&M listeners? <laughs> You know what I mean. Have you have you listened to the Eminem <laughs> podcast? It's three talking Eminems who are just trying eat, trying to eat each other the whole time. <laughs> it's so aggressive. It's I can't so, handle it. Yeah. Uh, I told June. I, I I told June she couldn't listen to it. It was so violent. Oh, and the green the green Eminem is a horny motherfucker. <laughs> Got a mouth like a sailor. That one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anyway, Coffee Nut, the Coffee Nut flavor, was created by Vote in 2016, beating out Honey Nut and Chili Nut. I guess they only had room for something with a nut. Yeah, it was it was a the year of the nut. I I remember trying all of those. So anyway, these I really appreciate the aesthetic of the Coffee Nut M and M's. They're all kind of various versions of uh, human skin color, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, varying yeah. shades of like tan, brown, etc. I don't okay. know if they're advertised that way, but yeah, you're right. No, I really, I think this might be like my new favorite. Yeah, so, I'm bummed that I didn't find them this time around. Uh, I like those very much, too. So it's basically a peanut M&M, but there is coffee like infused into the chocolate. So it's like mocha and peanut, which I wouldn't, I would ordinarily be like, oh, that's one too many flavors. But I'm really into this. It's like just the right amount of coffee flavor. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's a good candy. And like, I remember it clearly being the best of the three at the time. And then they did like, they did another round of, of like vote for one of three flavors, right? Yes. And that one was in 2019. It was English toffee versus Mexican jalapeno versus Thai coconut. Yeah. I remember those. I think, I think I did also agree that the English toffee was the best. That, that whole round, like, I felt like did not really slap for me. Uh, it, I wanted- I don't- I wanted the jalapeno one to be like more jalapeno. Yeah. And was the coconut one, was it like a tiny macaroon inside each one? Yeah, was, yeah there was that. a tiny macaroon inside like, each one. No, like actually, almond it was a joy bites macaroon. Or, um, covered, like a chocolate dip macaroon that was then covered with a candy shell. Each each one uh, weighed like uh, two ounces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're roughly the size of a quarter cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get like one and a half per package, and you if you if you actually can bake them, and they and they get kind of gooey. <laughs> anyway, what would happen if you bake? I, I guess <clears throat> like you bake M and M's in cookies. Never. Mind. You know, yeah. One thing I didn't put on the agenda today was like uh, all the things people do with M and M's, like put them in Rice Krispie treats or cookies mm-hmm. or whatever. Do you think there really... has been like a state fair abomination where where they did like breaded and fried M and M's? I don't think I want to talk about that. I think it might be good. Matthew, okay, yeah. hold on. We, I have two flavors left to taste. I've got caramel also, and fudge brownie. Oh, I have the same two. Okay, let's do caramel first. Okay, hold on. Don't don't say anything. I'm still tearing mm-hmm. mine open. Okay, so these are a little chunkier than the peanut butter ones. Oh, well, very chewy inside. Yeah, I am not a fan of these. It's just like a, mm, no, I don't like this caramel no, flavor. No, I feel like if like you gave me some of these, I'd be like, you know, God, I wish I had regular old M&M's. I don't or think- milk duds. Yeah. Like, I, yeah these I like don't even duds. taste like caramel. These, Yeah, these are like, like in the uncanny Eesh. valley between M&M's and milk duds, and they're just not serving the purpose of either one. God, the, it does not even taste sweet. like caramel. It's- it's just like there's chewy stuff in there. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's a, just a, a chocolate a chocolate coating on some chewy stuff that they found in the in the corner of the factory. Okay, Matthew, let's I am really hitting the M&M wall here. And that doesn't usually happen, but I, wow. <laughs> I want to talk about the the newest flavor released in 2020. I had never heard of these. I went to the store and there they were and I'm excited. 
fudge brownie flavor. Now, I would not have ordinarily picked these up. It's like kind of like the coffee nut. It's like too many ideas in one candy. Fudge brownie. Yeah, what makes it brownie? I, I guess know. we'll find out. Let's find out. Okay, so what do they look like, Matthew? Tell the listener. What they look like? Yeah, they're they're like again, like they kind of look like the caramel ones in mm. that they're they're like if you inflated uh, a milk chocolate M M&M and M a bit. It's yeah, it's like it's like if you had a little bike pump and you pumped up a milk chocolate M M&M. and M. Sort of. They're, I mean, they're kind of the shape of a peanut butter M M&M, and M, right? Maybe a little rounder. Ew! I hate these. <sighs> I am undecided. So. Ew. Okay, the, the uh, texture is pretty good, but it just tastes like it rotten tastes, brownie. It tastes fake. You know what? You know what? I, what it tastes like is like gas station brownie. I don't even know Ugh. if this product exists, but like if there were like a plastic case at the counter at a gas station and there was like a brownie in there that had been sitting there for a couple of weeks, it tastes but, like burnt brownie. And or something. yet, I still kind of like it. Ew! Like no, it's I, got. It sort of tastes like Hershey's syrup. Ugh! No, it does not taste like yes, Hershey's syrup. There's, don't there's, say that. I, I, I'm tasting like the syrup packet that you that you like squeeze into the Ghirardelli brownie mix. Like this mm. definitely would not be like in my top three, but I definitely don't hate it either. I just had to cleanse my palate with a couple coffee nuts. Yeah. Ugh. Oh God. What do you think would happen if I now took all of these and made like the ultimate M and M mix with like some of every variety just like I, stirred together? I think it sounds like a nightmare. I don't it, want you know, it. Yeah, it would be. It would suck. Okay, Matthew, we're we're quickly approaching the end here, which is great because I'm really tired. When you say approaching, you mean M and M toxicity, right? Yes, yes. So, really quick, let's do a little flavor quiz. Yes. Okay. So, usually, when one of us does a flavor quiz for the other, we don't type it onto the agenda, like because we don't want to, you know, give away what's real and what's fake. But I have memorized the answers to this. Oh, quiz. okay, great. And I've put it in here. So, Matthew, which of the following flavors? Some of these are limited. Some of these were regular flavors for a time. Okay. Which of the following flavors are real? I'm very excited for this. Strawberried peanut butter. Strawberried peanut butter. I'm going to say real because the name is so clunky. I don't think you made it up. It's real. Yeah. Strawberry nut. Fake. Real. Wow. I know, right? It seems redundant. Have they ever made an M&M with no chocolate? Like a strawberry nut? Like a, it does it have a chocolate layer? I mean, um, I guess well, we could Google it. We could. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I don't care. Pumpkin spice. Real. Real. Gingerbread. Mm, fake. Real. Wow. Hot cross buns. Fake. Real. What? Wait, did they have like a cross printed on them? I have no idea. I don't wow. know. But wouldn't they be so cute if they were all like brown with yes. a little cross on top? Yeah. Oh my god, I'd buy those just to hug them. Oh wait, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up what these look like. Okay. Oh, did you notice on the M and M's package that the M and M's website is mymms.com? That's m y m m s dot com, like mims dot com. No. So that's that's why we need the apostrophe. That's true. Uh, okay, hot cross bun M&Ms are available in Australia. Oh, wow. Okay, so it doesn't look like there's any, like, frosting cross on the exterior of the M&M. But in, on the packaging, there's, like, a, a anthropomorphized M&M that looks like it's it's in, like, a, a frosting straight jacket, which is very disturbing. A frosting what? Straight jacket? Yeah. It, look, wow. it looks like this, this M&M is, is like being held hostage by a maniac. Could you send me uh, a link to this? Or does it look like an, like an M&M wrapped in call fat? <laughs> okay. All right. Cherry cordial. Fake. Real. Okay. Pineapple. Um, okay. I don't think there's been a fake one yet, so I'm going to say real. Real. Candy okay. apple. Real. Real. Tropical. Tropical. Tropical M&Ms. I don't <laughs> I don't think I like it. Real. Real. Tres leches. Real. Real. Lamington. Is that an Australian cookie cake? Yeah, I'm not sure Real. if I'm pronouncing it right. Real. Hello Dolly. I don't understand what that would mean. Like Oh, you've never had a Hello Dolly bar? Oh. I I no, I I only knew the musical. Oh no! There's what, what's there's a, a Hello bar. Dolly bar? Oh God, let's look it up. Hold on, Hello Dolly bars, also known as seven layer bars. 
Okay. I, I think Graham, I have heard of that. Graham cracker, coconut, chocolate, white chocolate, nuts. God, I love a Hello Dolly bar. That's a lot of things to squeeze into an M&M. So I imagine them being like the size of a, of a peppermint patty. I'm going to say real. <laughs> Fake. That's the what? only one. That was that's the fake. only fake one. Wow. I made. Okay. I made up the last one. Yeah. <laughs> and you really fooled me because, like, it's a thing that I didn't even know was a bar. Okay. Wow, that was a really fun flavor quiz. I'm glad I went to that trouble. Okay, this may be our longest episode. So, okay, uh, let's just, what let's... can we do to get out of here? Okay, yeah, let's let's get out of here. I was going to say something about personalized M and M's, like because you can have them made. Um, like for a wedding or a baby shower. Oh, with like your own logo on it or something? Your own logo or your own initials. At least for a time, you could have your own face put on it. I'm not I'm not sure if that's still the case. Oh, wow. But like you on know, a regular sized M&M? I think. You know, Matthew, if we make it... Oh my God, I just had the best idea. If we make it to 15 okay, okay, okay. years, let's have okay. personalized M&Ms made where half of them have my face and half have yours. Get it? <gasps> M&Ms... Oh, this is a great idea. And then what would we do with them? Like send them to every listener. <laughs> eat them. We would just eat our own faces. We would send them to influencers and get them I think, to- I think five years from now, we will be living in a world where we have to eat our own faces. So I think you're right. Okay. So might as well, might as well throw a little chocolate in. Seems like we found our way out of this episode. Okay. So, okay. So what's your favorite M&M? Right now, I think it's a tie between peanut- and coffee nut. Okay. Yeah, for me, it, like peanut. Peanut's number one and, and plain is number two because I'm the most boring person in America. What about pretzel? They're good, but they're not, they're not in that top tier for me. Okay, fair like, enough. No, nothing, else, nothing else really comes close to a peanut M&M. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I buy it. Yeah, I buy it all the time. I don't have anything for my quilting or Animal Crossing segments today. Okay, well, I have a real quick uh, Wait, cute... actually, I do have an update to my quilting. Thank you. I forgot to pre-wash my backing fabric. How could you? And I am now, I, I am like literally 96.5% done with quilting the sandwich. And I, I'm not going back now. I, I can't. Uh, I can't go backwards. So we're just. I, obviously, I know why it's important to pre-wash the, the backing thing you said. But just for for some of our listeners who may not be as as like expert in the world of quilting as as you and I are, why is it important to pre-wash the back? Well, so you're supposed to pre-wash all, all the fabric that you sew okay. with, wash it and dry it. Uh, I mean, unless you're working with some special fabric that you oh, don't is it put because it might dryer. shrink? And now, if you yes. wash the quilt, it's going to shrink at different rates, and it's going to get really weirdly mushroom shaped. Hopefully not. I mean, it, I think it shrinks a max of three percent. Okay. Anyway, I'm just hopeful that it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I think that all my quilt top fabric is washed. Okay. I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be okay. The only question is, Matthew, I'm using the same fabric for the binding, which is like, you know, the trim that you sew on around the side. Do I go ahead and pre-wash that now that I realize it hasn't been pre-washed? Or do I forge ahead with the unpre-washed fabric? I am afraid to weigh in on this because, like, <laughs> I'm, I, my opinion will be wrong. And then if you do the thing I say, like, the failure of your quilt will be my fault. And then we won't tape shows anymore and we won't make it to 15 years and we won't, and we won't personalize get, M&Ms. And we won't get to eat our own faces. That's right. I have a cute animal you need to know. And this one was uh, was suggested by listener Sarah via host Molly. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a baby Malaysian tapir from a Singapore zoo. And we'll link to that in the show notes. It's getting, oh. a, it's getting a shower. It's very cute. It's so cute, especially the first few seconds of the video where yeah. it kind of like wiggles its nose. Yeah. It looks so earnest. Yeah, it might be named Ernest. I hope not. it's named Ernest. All right. I am feeling the way you feel uh, when you have eaten a thousand calories of M&Ms at uh, 1052 a.m. Um, the, the way that you started that sentence, like I am feeling the way that you feel, uh, reminded me of, of, uh, of the song I Want a New Drug. No, it reminded me of the Janelle Monet song. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
mm-hmm. make me feel or the yeah. way you make me feel, except just much heavier and and peanut or uh, peanutty. Yeah, like I think in that song, like the way the way that she feels is good, and in this case, <laughs> it's not as good. Okay, okay, all right. Um, all right. Uh, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com, on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Uh, if you if you want to send us a message for our uh, occasional uh, spilled mail segment, uh, you can email us contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Our staff consists of a few uh, talking M&Ms. One of one of whom has been abducted and needs to be rescued. God, I don't know. I ran out of funny stuff. Okay. And uh, <laughs> until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Hi, we're a podcast. That was the thing that the M&Ms were, were saying on the battlefield for some reason. <laughs> like, hi, I'm a candy. Was that it? <laughs> All right, maybe something else. <laughs> no, no. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterburton. Now I have to have 8 million different dongles. Oh, you gotta have those dongles. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.